Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to Total SF. My co-host Heather Knight is off this week, so I thought I'd talk to someone who I can nerd out with, talk about Batman and Mark Hamill, maybe throw in a Star Trek IV tribute, and I immediately thought of Andrew Farrago, curator for the Cartoon Art Museum in San Francisco. The Cartoon Art Museum is one of my favorite survival stories in the city, founded in 1987 with a boost from local artists, including Charles Schultz. It's moved several times, priced out of Soma in the 2010s, had no home for two years, before landing in 2017 near Fisherman's Wharf, and it's been a perfect fit. Andrew and I get into the history of the museum. We talk about the Bay Area as a powerhouse for cartooning, comics, and graphic novels. And we touch on the enduring appeal of Garfield in this episode. But it's also a tribute to the wharf and Pier 39. You'll get a Bubba Gump Shrimp House review before this episode is over. We also talk about the newest cartoon art museum exhibition, paying tribute to Bay Area artist Keith Knight and the K Chronicles, which has inspired the Hulu series Woke. Season two of Woke starts on April 8th, and the exhibition is at the museum now through late June. I'm Peter Hartlob. Heather Knight will be back next week when there will be no talk of Mark Hamill. And this is Total SF. Andrew Farrago, welcome to Total SF, and thank you for having me inside the Cartoon Art Museum, where you are curator. Best job in the world? It's <laughs> it's a lot of fun. It's, um, you know, it's... it's um, it's one of those jobs where you are technically a grown up and you are commuting, you're doing your nine to five, but you're surrounded by cartoons and comics. And I'm sure, you know, if I could, if I could tell my seven year old self, this is what I'd be doing as an adult, he would have, you know, he'd probably be disappointed that <laughs> I'm not uh, drawing a newspaper comic strip, but I think he'd, I think he'd be cool with it. I, I think uh, I think this is a better place to be. The newspaper comic strip is. Uh, <laughs> uh, I shouldn't say this. The Chronicle. Chronicle. Uh, anybody subscribing will still have the comics there. But um, this is a great place to be. This is a great location. Um, I'm thinking like probably our last long phone conversation was when Cartoon Art Museum didn't have a home, and um, you are in a fantastic spot here. I mean, you have all the swimmers and aquatic park there and municipal pier a block away from Buena Vista Cafe and the cable car. Um, what's your Buena Vista Cafe order? Do you ever go there? Is that a get an Irish coffee after work? You know, we, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, after, um, 
you know, after after a really rough week, sometimes we'll we'll go sit down for an Irish coffee. Um, I'll I'll go for the fish and chips if I'm doing dinner. Yeah, there. Um, but yeah, I love the I love the neighborhood. I love um, I love being as close as we are to Ghirardelli Square. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was when I when I lived in San Francisco, this was actually a neighborhood that um, my wife and I were. I think the I think we were some of the only. Um, people out of our group of friends who actually would hang out at Fisherman's Wharf and, and Ghirardelli Square. Um, so we'd, we'd make the trek from the mission over to here. And it was fun because everybody assumed we were tourists. Like nobody, nobody thought locals were here. So we got to kind of live the tourist experience and have people ask like, do we, do you need help? Are you, <laughs> uh, can, can I, do I, do you need, do you need the bus explained to you again? Any, any of that? So, um, yeah, it's fun. It's fun coming here. Um, you could go uh, full cosplay and just come in shorts and like an Alcatraz sweatshirt, you know, and then you need the really fanny pack. Fit. You need the, you need the fleece because you thought it was going to be 20 degrees hotter. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a it's a great neighborhood, and I I encourage everybody who, you know, everybody in the city, everybody from the East Bay, uh, to you know, this is this is a good excuse to get over here and check us out. Yeah, Heather Heather Knight and I, and Heather Heather's not a, in this episode, um, but uh, we kind of do a tourist in your own town thing, and we really embrace this area. But one of the things that that we embrace about it is that there's a lot of things here that um, if you're a local, you're really going to vibe on. I mean, Musée Mécanique is fantastic. The Cartoon Art Museum is fantastic. We, you know, sub subpar, you know, up <laughs> in Ghirardelli. That's super fun. So I hope people check it out. Uh, I want to I want to ask you about your origin story, and I want to talk about the museum. But I'm curious about you. Um, I, I can tell you have this huge breadth of knowledge. You've <laughs> uh, written many books. You curate this museum. Do you have like a first kind of formative cartooning or comic book moment? You know, I think it really, for me, goes back to Peanuts. And it's, you know, seeing seeing those cartoons on TV and reading the newspaper and you know, late, late seventies, early eighties, just, that was such a cultural touchdown. It was everywhere. You had merchandise just absolutely everywhere. Mm -hmm. So our local, and I sound older than I am when I call it the five and dime, but our, (laughs) uh, were were you in the Bay area? Uh, no, I was, I was in, uh, I was in Ohio, Mm -hmm. the toy aisle, the coloring book aisle, like it looked like Comic-Con. You had just so much merchandise from, uh, superhero characters and comic strip characters. Garfield was on the rise. Garfield right at, still right seems like he's on the rise. I mean, my kids knew about Garfield. The thing about, as, as just as, as an aside, the thing about Garfield is, and this is this is the genius of Jim Davis. He realized, consciously or not, there's always a new generation of seven to ten year olds coming up. So. Once you age out of it and you say, that's not cool, that's not, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm so over Garfield, doesn't matter because new kids have come along to replace you. And that's been going on since 
about 1982, <laughs> <laughs> and there's there's just no sign of it ever stopping. Yeah, we'll buy Garfield stock. <laughs> um, what about the origin story for the Cartoon Art Museum? I know a little bit about it. I, I think Charles Schultz was involved with that to some degree too, but uh, 1980s. So you know, going back to the the distant roots uh, in 1974, Mort Walker of Beetle Bailey fame. Uh, started up uh, his own cartoon museum, uh, the Inter- International Museum of Cartoon Art. And he started that, uh, I believe, in New York. And a decade later, here in the Bay Area, uh, Malcolm White, who's a publisher and cartoon art enthusiast, so he knew he was friends with all the underground cartoonists. He was friends with, yeah, he had he was he was involved in all aspects of cartooning because he was he was a publisher so he worked with artists he was friends with the local comic strip artists including people like charles schultz and maury turner and more importantly he was an art enthusiast so he he had a great collection of original cartoon art even back then in the in the 80s so he got together with some friends who uh were also collectors and said you know why why do we have this stuff just sitting in our in our homes and in, in drawers and boxes, let's let's find a place we can share this. So in 1984, they got um, they got together, filled out the paperwork, got official nonprofit status. And in 1987, uh, thanks to Charles Schultz and his wife Jeannie, uh, they got enough of an endowment to open their first permanent location. And that was, I think, four or five locations ago. But uh, in 1987. Um, south of Market, the uh, the first permanent location for the museum opened. Is there something about this area? I mean, I grew up kind of knowing that Charles Schultz was up north. You know, Bill Amond, uh, Foxtrot started when I was in high school. He, he went to my high school, actually. He was my dad. My dad's a physics teacher. He was his aide. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I was sort of aware of these these bigger groups. But then as I got older, I figured out like some of the first comic book stores were here. Uh, people like Robert Crumb and Spain Rodriguez and, and their underground people here. Where does the Bay Area fit in nationally and internationally in terms of comic art and um, and cartoon art? Yeah, it's it's one of those things like anytime, um, you know, any anytime some sort of museum opens outside of New York or Los Angeles, people immediately say, well, why there? Why, 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 why that place? You know, and I, I say that as somebody who grew up uh, near Cleveland, and we hear that constantly about the Rock and Roll <laughs> Hall of Fame. But San Francisco, like as long as there have been comics uh, in the United States, San Francisco's had a connection. So the the Examiner uh, was where some of the very first comics and and arguably the first comic strip started. Mm-hmm. So 1890s, you had uh, a cartoonist named Jimmy Swinnerton who did a comic called The California Bears in The Examiner. And that's kind of that's kind of where it all kicked off. So uh, as much attention as, as strips like The Yellow Kid get, uh, San Francisco was there first. Even even now, it's been it's been very welcoming to artists. And you had that carry through to the underground cartoonists in the 60s. You had um, once, um, you know, and this and this this fits with um, 
you know, the co- the COVID era and people working from home. But once once publishers like Marvel and DC Comics uh, opened up a little bit and let their artists and writers live and work outside of New York City, that opened that opened them up to all kinds of talent who either lived in the Bay Area or wanted to move out here. Yeah, it just doesn't feel like an accident that like Raina Telgemeier's from here and Judd Winnick, you know, and um, he, he moved here, but either gravitating here or being born here, it seems like. <laughs> or uh, being put on a TV show. Out here, yeah. Pedro and Me, I think it's like a 25th anniversary or something coming up. That's a really good book. It's so It's so amazing as somebody who... Uh, that was the first season of the real world that I watched. And mm. like, I've got, I've got, I've got to say, like, I, I didn't really latch on to Judd as a character because he was, he spent so much of that show off in his room, drawing comics. Yeah. And you just, you didn't, you didn't see him. And it's like, here's the nice guy that pops up and then he's off to his room again, trying to break into syndication. And it's, um, it was wild to me watching that, just just when I was about to start um, college, mm. and I, I didn't think I, I didn't think I would ever visit California, let alone live here and be in the the real world <laughs> <laughs> uh, neighborhoods and everything. Well, I, I just think it's amazing that they've had you know twenty some odd seasons of The Bachelor, and I think two of them are still together. But the real world San Francisco like had the most enduring love story with. Uh, Pam Ling and Chad Winnick, who um, still members of our community. Um, how does that fit in? I mean, having all these creators here, how does that fit in with this place staying alive for what I think is a miracle, you know, 87 to 2022? Yeah, it's it's essential uh, having having the support of uh, artists, um, you know, even, even more than having publishers and and studios and everything um involved so without the yeah without the artists we wouldn't be here and i'm just um i'm yeah i'm so grateful that we've got so many incredible people in our address book who uh always always have our backs i I think the last super long conversation we had was in 2015 about you know when when there was no home for the cartoon art museum um, how close did this place come to, to you know, not being around anymore? And 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 how do you like your new home now? Being out near, kind of nestled between Ghirardelli Square and Fisherman's Wharf. Yeah, that was a um, that was a very tough transition. Every time, and it's ha- it's happened several times. I've I've been around for two of the moves uh, where. Uh, it's it's just part of living in the Bay Area is we go through these economic cycles where all all of a sudden all, yeah all all of a sudden the once not so great neighborhood you lived in is incredibly desirable and it's it's um, it's where everybody wants to be uh, and and we're talking about Soma yeah you know the old cartoon art museum home there were a lot of museums there and it was probably a more affordable space back then. I think Aisha Curry's restaurant moved in about a block away before you yeah. moved. But yeah. Not blaming uh, Aisha Curry for, <laughs> for that. 
So fortunately, we, we worked with a, a really great real estate agent, um, found a landlord who was willing to work with us. We found, yeah, we found a really, this really great location at um, 781 Beach Street. So it's, uh, like like you said, great neighbors. We're, we're right by the Buena Vista Cafe and Ghirardelli Square and Aquatic Park. Um so a lot of a lot of what I really love about San Francisco is right here in this neighborhood. Um, I, I was really down on, you know, I just thought when I started working at the Chronicle, I thought, oh, this is the touristy area. I don't go there. And uh, now I think I go here just about as much as anywhere, probably as much as Golden Gate Park. I mean, it's just so <laughs> accessible. We'll be right back after this short break. Thanks for listening to Total SF. Now is the chance to come see us live. You're invited to our next Total SF movie night, the 1972 comedy What's Up Doc, 7 p.m. on Thursday, April 21st at the Mighty Balboa Theater in San Francisco. We'll have trivia and prizes. Our bagpiper is back. After party across the street at Hockey Haven. Support the Balboa. Support small business in the Richmond District. Get your tickets now at Balboa Movies. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So what do you got coming up? Uh, pandemic, you're coming out of it. You're still here. Um, I walked through and there's a wonderful exhibit uh, for Woke and the K Chronicles. Tell me a little bit about that, what what people can see when they come here. And, and I think you're debuting that on Monday, April... Uh, April 4th yeah. is, um, yeah, speaking of the museum's history and and um, Keith Knight is the brilliant cartoonist behind the K-Chronicles, which um, is, it's a hilarious autobiographical comic that um, ran in all the alternative weeklies uh, in the, started, starting in the 90s and early 2000s, that was the best place to find uh, the K Chronicles and it's, you know, Keith, Keith just being himself talking about, um, his life, his interests, his friends, his family. It's really an amazing way to get to know somebody is week by week. They just kind of spill their guts, uh, mm-hmm. on the comics page. And so eventually, um, you know, eventually he made the right contacts in Los Angeles that put the wheels in motion for, um, this this um, terrific TV show on Hulu called Woke that it's really surreal for me to watch because it's seeing a fictionalized version of Keith Knight, uh, a character named Keith Knight, who is a cartoonist in San Francisco today, um, going through some kind of alternate reality version of um, Keith's life from when I knew him in the early two thousands. Um, but it's, it's a really funny show. The second season is about to drop. 
uh, April 8th on Hulu. And to celebrate, we're having kind of a homecoming. So Keith and two of the stars of the show, Lamorne and Morris, who plays fake Keith. <laughs> uh, and Sashir Zameda, from, uh, who's a Saturday Night Live alumnus, uh, is on the show. So they're, they're going to be here at the museum, and we're going to have a kickoff event where we do the world premiere of the second uh, season. Nice. And that'll be on display here. People can come through. Uh... Through, the, through the end of June. So you get to see uh, the comics, hand-selected by Keith, the comics that uh, inspired, the K Chronicles comics that inspired Woke. Uh, and we've also got some some props from the show. So we've got uh, some really interesting stuff from the first and second season, including a... I saw a mascot costume there that I, I fell in love with. <laughs> a gigantic a gigantic piece of burnt toast. Yes. And it's... Um, you know, it's 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 tempting to to put that on and just greet people <laughs> <laughs> when they visit, dressed yeah. as a, a giant piece of burnt toast. But um, uh, it's fun. It's fun. It's fun when our our world intersects with um, you know Hollywood every every once in a while, and we get we get this glimpse into the um, you know that that side of comics and cartooning. Um, well, you've answered all of our tough questions. Now it's time for the lightning round. I did not prepare you for this, <laughs> but uh, really quick questions going through uh, some San Francisco stuff and beyond. Where is your favorite place to get a burrito? I've got to say, currently it's over in the it's in the East Bay, and I like the uh, the Baja Taqueria on Piedmont. Your favorite San Francisco movie. You know, let's let's go inside out. Oh, good one. Just, People don't pick that. They don't think of it as a San Francisco yeah. movie. I don't know why, because it's animated. It's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Uh, last comic you read. Yeah, probably um, the most recent issues of, of Batman. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Right. First concert. First concert, David Bowie and Nine Inch Nails. Oh, that's a good one. Where'd you yeah. see it? What, <laughs> they, what were, uh, they were in Denver. Uh, they were... They were in Denver, I was in college, and uh, my roommate was a huge Bowie fan, and we we said, "Yeah, let's uh, <laughs> let's do it." We we uh, we both went to Colorado College, oh. uh, so we had to we had to find somebody with a car who was willing to drive us to Denver in exchange for a ticket. But it was so worth it. <laughs> nice, that's a good one. Um, okay, well, you you did write the Batman: The Definitive History of the Dark Knight. If you could take one Batman movie with you to a desert island, this makes no sense. There's electricity on this desert <laughs> island in a screening room. Uh, which movie would that be? You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna go uh, I'm gonna go with the Adam West movie from 1966 because that's that had a, that a theatrical release. It's got. Um, <laughs> Sadly, Julie Newmar and and this this breaks my heart. She was not <laughs> due to scheduling conflict. She was not able to be in the movie. Yeah, uh, but it's got the other big three of Burgess Meredith as the Penguin, Cesar Romero as the Joker, and then my all time favorite Frank Gorshin as the Riddler. Uh, so that's that hits everything I want in a Batman movie right there. And you wrote the complete Peanuts family album. 
Uh, who's your favorite obscure Peanuts character? Uh, but out of, out of the characters that we've actually seen, I'm going to go with the first character I remember, uh, the first new character I remember from the newspaper comics. Uh, and this is a character named Harold Angel. Mm-hmm. Um, so Charlie Brown's sister, Sally, uh, is one of her character traits is she's very easily confused and, and misunderstands things. And she's talking about her role in the Christmas play. And she's she's explaining to Charlie Brown and Linus that there's a moment in the play where she yells "Hark!" and then Harold and Harold Angel sings, <laughs> and they assumed that she had just gotten this completely wrong. And uh, the payoff to this this run of strips is there's a knock on the door, and her classmate Harold Angel <laughs> is visiting, and it's just it's just ridiculous. But like the age that I was and having just. Um, just really gotten into newspaper comics this this stuck with me so yeah. 40 years later i <laughs> i still have a fondness for this character um i had never heard of a herald angel but um <laughs> look for that uh, so i was super impressed because when your when your batman book came you had michael keaton i think doing the forward and then kevin conroy doing an intro and Clearly, you're getting to interview a lot of incredible people, um, you know, in movies and cartooning and comic books. Who's the one you've been most nervous about? Uh, most, I don't want to say intimidated because maybe it may not be an intimidating person, but who's the one that you're the most nervous about? The two that I really had to psych myself up for, and they ended up being incredible conversations, were uh, Julie Newmar, who I mentioned earlier. Uh, and she's still got the voice. She's still, um, you know, just, uh, had so many amazing stories about, um, you know, that, that TV show that I just absolutely adored and, and still do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, and I was, I, I'm grateful my editor was able to set this up, but I said, you know, well, I, technically he was the Joker, so I don't know if I need to interview him. But if I can talk to Mark Hamill, he said, "Yeah, I'll, I'll make that happen." <laughs> and uh, so I get to spend an hour on the phone with Mark Hamill, just shooting the breeze about comics and voice acting and uh, his work on as the Joker on the Batman uh, on Batman the animated series. And what floored me is he did a little research on me before I called him. So he said, he said, yeah, you wrote a Looney Tunes book. You wrote a peanuts book. And, um, he said, that sound, that's so cool. And he was just a total fanboy. Like he knew, he knew his stuff and we just, um, you know, I thought like, even if he weren't, you know, Luke Skywalker, <laughs> even if he weren't like everybody's, um, you know, part of everybody's favorite movies. Um, he would be a fun guy to just talk to about comics and cartoons and, and film and other, other mutual interests. I, I ran into him in like 88 or 89 when he was at the bottom of his career and I was in college and he was shooting some straight to video thing across the street from us at, at a hospital that was empty. And 
he was so delightful and like everyone we ran into and the crew because the crew's coming in and out and are just talking about what a great guy he was and i'm thinking like he's just done star wars and he's doing i don't even know what it was it was some straight to video type thing and just totally engaging with people so i was on his side in 1989 for that reason but everything i've heard he's a fantastic guy uh just got a couple more (laughs) um most touristy thing you've done since the cartoon art museum moved to uh fisherman's wharf area okay well yeah um so i became a father not long before our move so um yeah i like um yeah my my son loves coming out here so we have absolutely done the 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 pier 39 walk where we go through and we get get donuts and watch the sea lions and um just you know just just kind of soak it all in like just just enjoy the um that view of alcatraz and everything i i still i still haven't been to alcatraz and i think that may be the you know my my 20 something years out in the Bay Area, that the, I, I feel like I have to leave one thing that I haven't done. <laughs> I haven't gone either. It's a, kind of a running joke on the podcast that we're going to do it this year, but we've been saying that since before the pandemic. So, hope you get to Alcatraz soon. Pier 39 is great. I once dragged our food editor out to have lunch at Hard Rock Cafe, which was, um, uh, we, we had a good time. And I'll, I'll, I'll mention, um, yeah, I'm I'm a sucker for theme restaurants and yeah. uh, eating a Bubba Gump shrimp. <laughs> <laughs> you ate a Bubba Gump. I have not eaten there yet. Uh, I may never eat there. <laughs> I've eaten there, and like just just to do a, um, the name might might not mean much to non comics people, but just to comics name drop um, Scott McCloud, um, mm. who's best known for his his um, probably his his textbook uh, Understanding Comics was in town and had an expense account. So he invited my wife <laughs> and me out and we said, what's, well, where should we eat? And we ended up at, ended Bubba up Gump's at Bubba Gump's. Sh- shrimp yeah. house. Very good. Uh, well, this is the last one. Um, something you always fit into your busy day. You know, I do, I do like to take a minute of every day to at least just look out the front door and enjoy, uh, enjoy the view. Yeah. And we've got a, we've got a great view from our front door. Um, I should, you know, my answer should be just go across the street, take off my shoes and then stand in the water for a minute. Yeah. Uh, that's if, if, if I, if I were planning my days better, that would be it. (laughs) But, uh, at least, uh, yeah, at least, at least taking a moment to appreciate, um, that we're in a really beautiful part of San Francisco and that um, yeah I should be I should I should take a moment at least every day to appreciate that uh, glad you're here I'm glad that um, Cartoon Art Museum continues uh, many near death experiences many moves <laughs> and I hope you're here many years to come so do we <laughs> <laughs> thanks so much thank you Thank you for listening to the San Francisco Chronicle. 
Total SF is a production of The Chronicle. Our music is The Tide Will Rise by the Sunset Shipwrecks off their album Community and Cable Car Bell Ringing by eight-time champion Byron Cobb. Support Total SF in the newsroom that creates it by investing in a digital Chronicle edition. It's less expensive than you think at sfchronicle.com slash pod. Thank you.